Hello, hello. My name is Kim Addis, and I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching. And you have just joined the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast, where we invite leaders from all over the world to come onto the podcast and get coached live and in person. Today, my guest is Jenna Pilgrim, and she is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Streambed Inc. Jenna, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Kim. I'm really excited. So what is Streambed? What do you do? Fill us in. I see a whole bunch of badges behind your head. <laughs> like what? What? Just fill us in. Sure, sure. So Streambed is a blockchain-based publishing tool that uh, publishes immutable analytics of how uh, social media how social media posts perform online. Okay, so, so I'm going to say I know that there's a lot of stuff there, but blockchain-based analytical tool. Yes. So it's like, it's kind of like Hootsuite. So Hootsuite publishes to social media platforms on the user's behalf. And we take that one step further and we publish the who, what, when, where, and with whom um, of a specific video or photo. We're in video and photo right now only. And we publish all of that to a public environment. And that public environment is is where the blockchain comes in. Okay. So I want to go back because I mean, blockchain is such a common term that mm-hmm. nobody knows what, what it actually means. <laughs> sure, sure. So, so Am I blockchain, right? in, you, are, you are correct, correct in the mainstream understanding of blockchain, yes. Okay, so uh, what so, is it? So a blockchain is a public environment, usually, that, um, that everybody can agree that an activity occurred. And then that basically is published to a public environment that everybody can see and nobody can change, that though all of the people in that group agree that that thing occurred. So it's like a public ledger of the truth. And then what happens is all of the people in that group can say, yes, Jenna did get married or Jenna did, um, did publish this piece of content or Jenna did buy this house. And that information is, it's, it's like the equivalent of a, you know, in um, in colonial days, they had a town caller who would walk out into the middle of a square and would shout, uh, so-and-so got married to so-and-so. And so then all of the people in that town square can then confirm that that, per- that that call was made and that that activity happened. So then the town caller maintains a list of all of the different calls that happened. And that list is what we would call the blockchain. I see. So let me say it in my language. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So I publish articles on medium.com. So all of the articles I publish on medium.com, is that called a blockchain? No. So the community no. of medium would okay. be, would be the, con- would be the consensus group. That would be the, the network of people. You call that a network of people. Okay. And the blockchain is where all of the transactions from that network of people are published. So Medium is the blockchain. So Medium, it's a little different now because the current web that we live in, Medium is owned by Medium and Facebook is owned by Facebook. The blockchain isn't owned by anybody. It's owned by the group of the network of people who use it. So everybody- so it's a very co-op based so, environment. So let me just get it right. Because I think this is important. It's very abstract concept here. It is. So the people who read Medium and the people who write in Medium is the community you're talking about. Yes. That list of people forms a blockchain? The list of activities that those people do that can be confirmed by all of the other people on Medium. 
So say you publish an article on Medium, and then all of the other people on Medium can see that you've published that article. So there would be a transaction broadcast to the network that says, Kim publishes an article to Medium. And then everybody else can rush around, they basically rush around to confirm that yes, you did publish an article to Medium. And then that transaction is posted to the Medium blockchain. Okay. I honestly and then that is basically always... just a, it's a record. It's a ledger of the truth. So blockchain is a ledger of the truth. Yes. Okay. Sort of. I'm getting it. Yeah, sort of. Sort okay. Of. So, so so what we do is we publish the the information of Kim published this video to YouTube and it was sponsored by this person and it was contributed to by uh, Kim's tech team. And all of those people are contributors to a piece of media. And then they get to see the same analytics that Kim sees on a, a video because they played a role in making that video happen. So it provides transparency to analytics for content. I see, which inc increases the authenticity of the piece. It does. It increases the reputation of it. So from that, we build reputation. We log in with, you know, you log in with all of your different social media platforms, log in with YouTube, log in with Facebook, with Twitter, with Instagram. And then it actually pulls your follower list to see how close, what kind of close relationships you have with all of your followers. So it will show how strong you are online based on how many relationships you have. Okay. And who would a client of yours be? So we have two sides to our marketplace. One side is our user side. So users earn money from brands or advertisers for tagging those brands or advertisers in the content that they put out. So I walk down the street wearing a Lululemon hoodie. I take a selfie. I post it to Instagram and I tag Lululemon. I post it to, to Instagram using StreetBeb. I tag Lululemon. Lululemon receives a notification and they say, Jenna has posted something about Lululemon. Do you want to purchase the analytics from Jenna to see how Jenna's, how Jenna's network responded to this content about them? Now I understand. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, that was a good once example. Once you get down to it, then it, it gets a little. It gets okay. A little okay. I get it. Okay. So I understand now. Thank you for that explanation. Yeah. So Lululemon and, would be our customer. They would pay us to X to, they would pay us for this colloquium of users that we have publishing content. And presumably you'd give some of that payment to the person who. Yeah. So 70% of it, 70% of it goes to the creator. Okay. Got it. I understand now. Uh, and for those of you who are listening, I hope you understand now too, because that was <laughs> like I've heard blockchain a million times. I never really got it, but I kind of get it now. I'm good. I'm glad. Okay, good. So uh, let me ask you this. Jenna, what is your greatest challenge? Right now, my greatest challenge as uh, a CEO is a couple of things. Um, it, we are in a, in a development period at StreamBed which means that we have we have a large team who all work on different projects. And I myself work on, you know, different contracting projects as well. The blockchain space is quite, uh, has is quite diverse. So there are lots of different ways that I can help. Right now, I'm balancing my, my, um, my identity as a CEO with my identity as a community member. Um, or as a as someone who helps recruit for other companies or or helps do some consulting or or do some other things. So the the greatest challenge that Streambed has is maintaining its identity through all of the different projects that that everyone on the team is still working on because we are early stage still. So you're saying 
I am a CEO and I'm here to grow the company. But at the same time, I'm also got my art, my sleeves rolled up and I'm doing the tasks. I'm in, I'm in, in the middle of the activities. So I am, but I'm also doing activities for other companies as well. Cause I have to keep my own lights on and like as, as a CEO, there's an identity portion to that. And so I've been really working through how to almost unwind myself, my, my, myself and my own self-work from that of the company. Okay. And so can I, can I use another example that I understand mm-hmm. a little bit better and you can tell me if it's right. So I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching. I'm very tightly tied to the brand. And sometimes I still coach, but my real job is to grow the company. Is, is that relatable? Uh, I would say yes, but I would say my my real job, if we use real job, my real job is yes, to be the CEO of Streambed, but the, the work that I need to take on still, like I, I still need to be able to provide value in other venues to enable myself to keep being the CEO of Streambed. Okay. And so, some and- some of that is monetary, and some of that is is um I I recently received some some contract work and was very excited to be able to execute on a strategy that I didn't also have to write. Okay. And that concept is like being. I mean, it's it's part. I'm I'm confident in our strategy, but just the responsibility of that. I'm very excited to be working on other things as well. Okay. So again, I really want to just kind of define the challenge, which is. You're, you're a CEO, you're growing the company, but you're also delivering service. Mm-hmm. Yes. And sometimes those two things don't allow you to give either one of them your full attention. Did I get Correct. that right? Yes. Got it. So I fully understand the story. Got it. Okay. So, and I'm going to ask you another question. Do you think that clients want you? Um, not yet we need to be in a better position to we we as a product need to be in a better position to take on new clients. We can take on users right now because our user consumer app is built, but our corporate app isn't built yet and that's what we're working on right now. So we won't be in a position to take on clients for 6 to 8 months. Okay, and that's what you mean by keeping the lights on. Yes. So you have to ride the wave. Yes. Okay. And so define the frustration the frustration is the the typical there are not enough hours in the day but the other part of that is is understanding that that though i may not be valuable to or like what i do is i i uh do business development i raise money i do marketing there's some other uh, some operations is where i'm happiest and and when our our team has a very it's like almost like our our team is is not too efficient but very efficient they have a defined set of milestones and the waiting is the biggest challenge is wait. And it's a typical, it's a typical software company challenge waiting for the tech to keep up with the vision or waiting for the tech to catch up with the vision. You mean and in the waiting meantime, for the vision to check in on the tech to make sure they're waiting, waiting for the product to do all of the things that we want it to do. Okay. Cause it doesn't do all of those things yet and it won't for quite some time. Okay. And so you're like, I really want to, I know that it I'm, seems not like a, I'm, I'm going, not a patient. I'm not a patient human being. It's a, it sounds like I'm going around in circles, but I'm really not. Your frustration is I want this product to be further ahead. And in mm-hmm. the meantime, I still have to do this stuff. But once it gets there, I'll be able to sell to clients. 
Yes. Okay. And I feel like I'm being held back right now because I can't sell because I don't have a product to sell. Um, yes. I would say I feel like the company is being held back. Yes. But particularly you. Um, myself and my team. Yes. Okay. I am not the only one who, sh- who shoulders that. Okay. Got it. So like, as I hear you, I see a few different problems. Okay. So I see the problem of I'm frustrated, not being where I want to be yet. Mm-hmm. And, I am. Right. So that's problem one. And when you're frustrated with not being where you want to be, you're focused on all the things that are not done yet. You're mm-hmm. focused on the waiting. You're focused on the, the absence. You're focused on the what is not. And when you're focused on the what is not, it feels like that time just feels a lot longer than it needs to be. It drags out. You're increasing your suffering, your pain, your, your own experience of torture. Yes. And so, the, you know, there are two, there, and to me, there are two kinds of ways of looking at this. One is how do you reduce that frustration? is really question number one. And we reduce that frustration by eagerly anticipating what's coming ahead by looking at what is done as opposed to Mm -hmm. what's not done. And surprise, surprise, by actually getting busy with the other things you're being busy with. Yeah. Right. So all that is good. And what we really need to do is say, hey, we're on the way, it's coming and reduce the feeling of impatience by literally collecting, amassing, blockchaining, the list of things <laughs> that are getting accomplished yeah. every month, every week, every day. And when you see that, you start to feel better that you're heading in the right direction. Because mm-hmm. right now, part of the frustration is, yeah, I know we're heading in the right direction, but I'm not collecting enough evidence to prove the case. So yeah. I feel like it's going super slowly. And your job right now is to actually start collecting evidence that things are actually progressing. And that will help you feel a lot less frustrated and impatient. Okay, so that's kind of like the, the how do I deal with myself? How do I calm myself down question? But there's another piece as I listen to you that I think in the back of my head, which is more of a business development piece, which is how do you pre-sell something that's not not in existence yet? And that's an interesting question. And that will help you make progress, right? So how do you, you know, the other way of saying it is how do you get people uh, on the elevator at the ground floor, right? How do you do that? And what kinds of conversations do you need to be having? And how do you get some level of actually financially or commitment level buy-in before Mm -hmm. the product is even ready? So we've explored a couple of different ways of doing that. The blockchain space is really good for that kind of thing, for exploring um, strategic partnerships or, or other. Um, we're, we're actually looking into a few different corporate partnerships right now to help us build out the, the corporate side of, of the app because it is so easily sort of separatable um, from the consumer app that we're, we're consistently developing on. So, but the the downside of of corporate in, uh, corporate innovation groups or or of um, uh, of of pilot projects and that kind of thing is that the the, um, the RFP cycle for big companies is so long, and we are moving so fast that it just doesn't. Or, or we're we're developing very fast, and we're you know burning either burning through money or burning through resources or even just burning through brain power. 
um, building something that then we, yeah. So there's, there are, I think from a, from a pre-selling perspective, we've been at this for now almost two and a half years. So we've been pre-selling for quite some time. And there's a large group of people who know what we're doing, who are staying updated on what we're doing, but are waiting, you know, at some point, at some point you have to deliver and we're at have to deliver state now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of curious, you said you're a co-founder. What's the, um, the ownership split? Um, so I can't actually, sh- I, I can't share that here. Okay. But um, the ownership split is quite even between myself and my second co-founder, Michael. And then there are Michael Casey. Um, he is the chief content officer at Coindesk. And then from there, it goes down into there are there are three yeah. other or four I, others who have who have less than that. So the I two see. of us have a relatively equivalent stake, and then the rest is is split I, up. And then we have an options you, pool. You don't own more than fifty one percent by yourself. No. Okay. No, I do not. That was my question. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm again, I'm still kind of g- going to explore one thing with you, which is I, I hear the whole RFP thing. I get it. I understand. I understand how the corporate world works. My personal experience in terms of penetrating the corporate market has been, you know, there's a, there's a saying, if you can't get in through the front door, find a window and climb in. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that's been my experience. And so h- how have I done it? I've established a really good relationship with key stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And because that relationship was so strong, they brought me in through the window. Yeah. Yeah. And there's two, there are two, two places where they have received proposals where both of them are, you know, the CEOs of the, of a specific division or CEOs of a country of a multinational corporation. And we have been able to go in the side door with those. Again, so we're, great. We're, so you, we have, so, so we're, we're trying, we're trying that part. So my advice is to look for more side doors, right? Yes. Cause, cause so like the straight line approach is hard. It's long, it's tedious, it's torture yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Right. And so, so you got to kind of navigate and find those side doors. But mm-hmm. as I'm talking to you, you know, what's interesting is how many things you have done. <laughs> right. And so this yeah. whole idea of collecting evidence to build up the perspective that you're making progress, that you're trying things that you're moving in the right direction will help you as a leader focus on what is getting done as opposed to what hasn't gotten done yet. Yeah. And as you have that calm and that confidence, it becomes easier to find those people who are going to get you in through the side door Mm -hmm. because there isn't that angsty feeling. Yeah. You're not coming at it from a place of desperation. You're coming at it from a place of, you know, you could take this or not and I would still be fine. Yes, but also we have so much um, that is connecting us, so much in alignment, so much great energy between us. So there's no like anger, resentment. It's more like we're connecting and the fires are going off, the the sparks are going off. And that spark is what creates the next open door. Mm -hmm. It's a funny thing, right? But as a leader, you're giving off energy and that energy gets felt by whoever's on the other side of this yeah, definitely. conversation, right? Right. And so your job is to create sparks. 
the way you create sparks is by feeling good about what you're doing, what you've done. Mm -hmm. Don't create sparks by feeling we're not there yet. Yeah. Right. So it's the way that we think about what we've done and what we're doing that allows us to connect really with someone else with that kind of energy, mojo, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Gets us to the next place. And I would say to you that, that your job is to create synapses that spark with critical players that Mm -hmm. say, okay, fine, Jenna, I'm going to get you in through the back door. And even if it's a pilot, that's, you know, a smaller price point, we're going to get you in, we're going to get you moving forward. Yeah. At a lighter, at a lighter pace so that you can escalate over time. And so your job is to really focus on what's working, what's moving and literally create your blockchain of evidence of things that are working. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect, perfect use of the word blockchain too. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, that's really good advice. I think we're, we're, it it feels that we've been at this a long time and, and the, the not neat. Yeah. The knee jerk reaction is to say, well, these are all the things we haven't done, but if we can really look back and say, this is what we have been able to do with, with what little resources we have um, that, and that, um, that narrative plays really well too. Well, it also changes the game in your company with your team, right? Mm -hmm. And that kind of view of things keeps you not only moving ahead, but uh, able to see opportunities when otherwise your head is clouded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Jenna, thank you so much for being on the podcast, for teaching us about blockchain, me in particular. (laughs) And hopefully you walked away with kind of like, hey, I should probably look at this a little bit differently. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much, Kim, for for your insights and and for having me. And for those of you who are listening, I hope you learned about blockchain. But if there is a challenge that you want to talk about on the podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. And if there's a challenge that you have, but you're not so willing to talk about it on a podcast, please reach out to me anyways. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Jenna, thank you for sharing your time and your experience and your challenge and (laughs) us all. Thanks so much, Kim.